Pigweed here. Today we review an IPA and discuss reparations. Hello and welcome to Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crow Hill. Good evening, Crow Hill. Good evening, Pigweed. So, what's on your mind? Well, I don't know if you know this, but my sister is really into genealogy. Oh. And she's been doing a lot of research on family history. Okay. And uh, unfortunately, one thing that she found yeah. was that your great-great-grandfather mm-hmm. stole $1,000 from my great-great-grandfather. <laughs> really? Yes. So, today I calculated the today's value. Yeah. Uh, you owe me $31,060.35. Wow. That's tough. I can't even pay the federal tax bill. Just that I owe. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. you know, sorry. That's that's the way it goes. Well, I guess that, you know, you have to right the wrongs. <laughs> have to right the wrongs of the past. Yes. That's right. Okay. Let's get right into this cold IPA from Three Floyds. Three Floyds. It's a funny name, and they're out in Indiana. Yes, right? they are. Munster, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a, there was, there was you know, just different states have weird distribution stuff. You couldn't get any Three Floyds for a while. And uh, so it's here now. They're big in hoppy beers. Yeah, this is this is a, Ooh, uh, this is a hazy IPA, yeah. and it's got quite, a, quite an aroma to it. It's a double hopped, mm-hmm. six and a double half. Double dry hopped, right? Double dry hopped. I mean. Woo, yeah. A lot of hops going on in there. Yes, but they're uh, they're they're keeping their recipe close to the vest, aren't they? They don't really give. Yeah, they don't give as much about the recipe. It is six and a half percent. It's hazy. IBUs are sixty three, which is which is up there, but it's got boy, it's got a lot of hop aroma and yeah. a lot of flavor and a decent amount of bitterness. It's yeah, quite it's quite very, happy. It's very light. You can't see through it for can't, the haze. Yeah, because it looks like a glass of orange juice. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> But very good. Uh, very good. Especially very if you like hops. Good. If you like hops, try this one out. All right. So, yes. We reparations. Like to, right, need to right wrongs. Yes, That's, of course. I get, the I, the I concept get of reparations is sound. When you harm someone, you're responsible to make up for it as well as you can. Yes. Um, and we talked about this a few years ago when it was just being kicked around in on talk shows. Yeah. Uh, now you have city councils... You know, or p- p- putting together exploratory committees and uh, discussing how the logistics of how it would work and what the payments ought to be, right. mostly in California. And we'll get to one case in Indiana. Um, so I thought we would so revisit like, the let's look, let's, topic. Let's think about what are the, what are the arguments for reparations. Yeah, okay. So one is just the historical injustice, that slavery was a state-sanctioned system and the legacy of this history has led to the persistent racial disparities in income, wealth, education, health, and incarceration. That's the claim. Okay. That this, that legacy has harmed people for all that time. The second one is economic disadvantage, that, that the uh, descendants of slaves were denied the opportunity to accumulate wealth. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's, th- there is familial wealth that gets passed on from generation to generation. Yes. Uh, the third is government responsibility. The United States government has a responsibility to rectify the wrongs of the past committed against African Americans. That the government was complicit in in this whole thing. Sure. Then there's the moral argument, which is just the, the a question of justice. It's a matter of moral obligation and justice. The slaves suffered significant harm as a result of slavery and systemic racism, and they deserve to be compensated. 
And then the next one will be sort of the symbolic value of it, that paying rep reparations would acknowledge the suffering uh, that African Americans went through and, you know, all the stuff that they've had to, had to deal with. So those are some of the arguments for reparations. And to tell you the truth, I have sympathy for mm -hmm. parts of most of them. Yes, I agree. Um, some of them, I think, are a little, little, little flaky. But generally speaking, I, you know, as I said before, if, if somebody commits a wrong, then they should have to pay it back. Um, but the, the question here is, what do you do with this? Exactly. That this is that's where the problem is. Like, uh, yes, was were, were injustice is done, and should one do the best to, to rectify them? Yes. The the devil's in the details. Yes. So there, there's a there's a saying that I heard from a Lutheran pastor one time, um, and the, talking about the concept of divorce, and he was saying, you know, you just can't always unscramble an egg. There, there are situations where yeah. something has just gotten so messy that you really can't take it back to unmessiness. Uh, yeah. And it, you can't always fix all these things. So maybe we could just kind of go through some of the some of the difficulties with, with making this work. Uh, I think I want to establish what exactly are the people calling for reparations saying when, if you say slavery, you mean because there was because there because there was slavery. This is one that doesn't. This is one of the ones that doesn't work. Because my ancestors suffered a thing mm -hmm. that I did not suffer, then people who were not responsible for that need to owe me something. Yeah. So the, I guess the argument is that it wasn't just slave owner Jim Bob owning these slaves it was you know the whole system the whole culture the whole the government the law everything was was holding people down so that they weren't able to uh, accumulate the wealth that they otherwise would have been able to do because the whole system was against them right so that's because on the one hand like I, as far as I know None of my ancestors owned slaves. Mm -hmm. my, they were too poor. My ancestors are all peasants. <clears throat> and as far as I know, they never owned any slaves. But the argument really isn't so much finding the ancestors of slave owners and the ancestors of slaves. Say you got you, you, this group has to pay that group. Yeah. It's more that the whole system was cor corrupt and and oppressive and all that kind of stuff. Which I mean, which is true, of course. Yeah. Um, so. But then, okay, I'll grant you that. The system, it was wrong. The system was wrong. The laws were wrong. And we've changed that. But how are you going to undo it? How do you undo the past? I, well, I don't know. So first off, do you have to be... So there's, they're not talking about descendants of slaves. So any black person that's in this country... Well, that's a, that's a hard distinction, right? Because, like, are all black people in the country today descendants of slaves? Not, uh, no. Not at all. No. And are all white people descendants of slave owners? No. Right. So, so are you, do you have to, would you have to come up with a genealogical, you know, tree... Right. Which, do, which 
for most people don't exist. Yeah. Tying you to slavery, if if or would it have to be? Well, no, it doesn't have to be. It's just like the systemic racism that is persistent that came from slavery. Yeah. Well, now you're just asking for trying to rectify something that you can't quantify. Yeah. I mean, in what way? Because you could look at you could look at like I was, like I was saying earlier the the most successful immigrant group are Nigerians. So you can't say that people, because of racism, people with black skin aren't getting a fair shake, and therefore they don't can't have the success. Therefore, they need to be compensated for that. Mm. So that, that that doesn't work at all. How far back would you have to be in this country to say that? Well, I've been, you know. Yeah, how you figure out who are the recipients of this is just very very difficult because because a lot of uh, a lot of people are of mixed race. Right, so how, how do you un? Yes, yeah, so great, that? great, great grandfather is the only black person in your lineage. So you're one sixty fourth. Yeah. Black. Okay. No, no, no. That's 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 not enough. One thirty second. I mean, well, uh, yeah. until yeah. right until uh, until what? We have a friend. Uh, she, she she's black. The, the husband is white. Two daughters, very close in age. One looks like her, just with slightly lighter skin, and the other one looks just like that. Hmm. She's she's white with blue eyes and curly and curly blonde hair. Huh. So they both walk into the rep, and, and she's you know. Would be half black, right? Mom, 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 dad. Right. They both walk into the reparations office, and they'd be like, "What are they? Right? You, are you, you don't look me? black enough." <laughs> right. Yeah. So but yeah, the, I mean, it's just. It's, and then you have this concept. Yeah, this concept of of group responsibility. Like, I like, think about this. You have a slave owning family where the father supported slavery, but the son was against it. Now. Is that family somehow collectively responsible for this decision? Like you, you're really you're really getting into the question of can a can a group be held responsible for something that the group did? Right. I'm, I'm not sure exactly how you do that. Well, and, and then this group went to war with itself. Yeah, half of them. You know, I don't know. I don't know how they divide the numbers between the six hundred thousand casualties. Well, let's yeah. just say they're down the middle. Well, three hundred thousand of them died to free slaves yeah if that's why if that's why the, they fought <laughs> but yes so the well it was states rights but there was one particular right they had in mind yes yes so. but I'm, I'm just saying that the the northerners the northern troops certainly one of the things that they promoted more towards the end of the war was to free the slaves but early on i think it was just how dare you uh, break away from, <laughs> from us? Well, it's just young men itching for a fight. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. and then and what were the, the percentage glory. of uh, of white men that fought were from families that owned slaves? First off, not that many. The percentage wise, not that many families did own slaves. Right. And the ones that fought tended to be the poor ones who right. certainly didn't own slaves. On both sides, yeah. even in the South, a lot of those. Yeah, that's what I mean. No, that's what mostly. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you were the, the people in the South weren't fighting for slaves. They were just fighting for. We don't think government should be telling us what to do. <laughs> we don't want those Yankees telling us what to do. But this right. idea of holding a group responsible for what it did, well, should mod, the modern Democrat Party? be held responsible for what the 1950s Democrat Party did. Because, yeah, because right. you know, so you run into these kinds of weird questions where you're going you're gonna to hold a group. We're going to hold white people responsible. We're going to say black people are victims and white people are mm -hmm. oppressors. Well, 
is that really fair? Are right? Are they all saying white people? the government? Well, yeah. the gov the government is just made up of people, and it's made up of laws, and we don't have any of the people and or and, and or any of the laws right. that were responsible for for slavery back then. Yeah. Or the United States. Well, when you talk about your four hundred years, most of those four hundred years that was that was England. And so, if you're calling the United States, the United States is really only the last seventy five years of your four hundred years. Mm. I'm enslaved. You know, how, how mm -hmm. do you parse this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's actually an interesting point. That um, uh, from the beginning of the country until slavery was ended, the majority of that time, <laughs> yeah. we weren't the United States of America. <laughs> no. Right. So, the other, another big moral part of this is, can you reward or punish people for what their ancestors did? Yeah. You know, is, is that really right? Can we say, well... Three generations ago, you you did these horrible things. Therefore, we're going to punish the grandchildren. Is that is that right? Right. And but you would also be. It, it would just be tax money. It would yeah. just come out of the general fund, you know, thirteen percent of which, or, or whatever, whatever the 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 black Latino and Asian and you know. They're contributing to this pot of money. Yeah. Unless you're going to. Right, get in a situation where no, we're going to tax specific people. Eh, that's never. Yeah, you can't. Happen. You can't do that. So everybody gets taxed, and some of that money gets paid to certain people. Isn't that going to create more racial resentment and animosity? Than yes, I think so, somewhere that you had, uh, you know, doing the right, making making amends or something like that, like yeah. uh, acknowledging. Oh, and that's going to make things so much better, yeah. right? The right. you owe me. You didn't pay me enough. That's that's that level of resentment is exactly how you smooth over. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not going to make everybody happy by, by doing that. That it seems to me that well, there's another, there's another thing to look at here is there's clearly a there clearly was an injustice, and some people will argue there still is an enduring problem. Okay, so even if we accept that premise that there's an enduring structural problem, which I'm not positive I accept, but let, let's say we do for a moment. Just because there's a problem doesn't mean that, that government is the solution. It also doesn't mean that money is the solution. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the solution might be more of a, a cultural change. The solution might not be passing a law or the government doing something or handing out money. I think people run too quickly to, there's a problem, we need a law. There's a problem, the government needs to step in. Well... It's not always the government's business to fix these things. Yeah, and if you're or, or you're saying we didn't, that black people would be doing better if it wasn't for this, but, but like, if you keep backing it up to slavery, well, you would never have been here in the first place. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the illogical, let's, let's skip with the illogical idea that you would even exist if it wasn't for slavery because nobody in your family would have met each other. Right. Uh, but let's just dismiss that and say, all right, if it hadn't been, and I wouldn't be in this sorry state that I'm in, if there just hadn't been slavery to begin with, and all of my relatives would have still met each other, and I would be alive today somewhere in Africa, doing so much better. Yeah, that's that's a big question. Would are would they really be? So so reparations basically the whole concept is, I would have been better off but for what you did to me. Yes, yes, and uh, if this is a quote, this is from the. Uh, Larry Elder's 
show, mm-hmm. uh, is uh, if, if uh, black America were a separate country, its gross GDP would make it the 17th wealthiest country in the world. Economist Walter Williams said blacks have come further ahead from further behind and over a shorter period of time than any people in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. And runs through some... Uh, uh, here we go. This is um, Harvard, the black Democrat and Harvard sociologist Orlando Patterson. Uh, the sociological truths are that America, while still flawed in its race relations and its stubborn refusal to institute a rational universal welfare, welfare system, is now the least racist white majority society in the world, has a better record of legal protection of minorities than any other society, white or black, offers more opportunities to a greater number of black persons than any other society, including all those of Africa. Yeah, so, 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 so making the claim that, gosh, how much better I would be doing if there was never slavery... That's 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 complete nonsense. If the 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 tail end of the argument was okay, I accept that I'm actually the beneficiary of of being of, here. Of being here, yeah. I just haven't been given the opportunities of other people that are here that you and, have. And it's got get, a little bit more. Now you've now, now you've moved completely away from the slavery argument. Yeah. So here you get into this difficult. It's a it's a difficult moral argument because obviously slavery was a moral evil, and obviously. You know, taking people as as property and taking them away. Well, actually, I mean, somebody else took them away from their families, and we just we took them over here, and then and then using them as property and all that. Obviously, it was a great evil, but that sometimes a good comes out of evil. And like an example might be, let's say somebody uh, somebody stabs me, and I get taken into the hospital and while they're operating on me they discover that i have a tumor and the tumor was going to kill me and they take the tumor out (laughs) you know so so the the end result is good even though nobody's going to say that it was good of that person to stab me right yeah there's something somewhat analogous going on here with slavery where definitely an evil was done but for the descendants for not not for the slaves yeah. But for the descendants of the slaves, they turned out to be better off than they would have been had there not been slavery in the first place. Yes, and Dinesh D'Souza, who's from India, uh, has made that makes that claim concerning colonization of India. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, it wasn't that great for the people who were suffering under the British system, but the result is that we are a much more successful nation, having instituted. Uh, British administration, British, British law, British law, mm-hmm. and the British education system. Yes, and so ultimately, are you going to say we we you know were we better off for colonization? Actually, yes. Yeah. So that that I hadn't. I listened to a statement that he made about this, where there was like a generational gap, where he was talking to his grandfather or something like that, who was really upset about colonization because he kind of lived through what it, would have been know? the early 60s yeah so he he would oh, so his sorry right so his dad would have would have been whatever his dad or his was, grandfather or whoever it was would have lived through the 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 oppression that indians suffered under the brits and dinesh is like well i don't know i mean i'm getting a good education we've got <laughs> we all good speak law. english we speak, you know, <laughs> think things are actually pretty good so you have this this question of was Dinesh's father or grandfather, whoever it was, harshly treated and, and, and uh, you know, injustice done to him? Right. Yes. But is Dinesh better off because of it? Yes. Yeah. So we have this situation here with slavery where 
an evil was done, but the descendants of the slaves are better off than they would have been otherwise. And I'm yeah, not, that's definitely. no way to justify slavery. I mean, obviously, slavery is a horrible, wicked thing. But 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 it does but it does undercut the argument that my life I would have been better off. Yeah. If there had ne- if there had never been slavery. Now the or because otherwise you're you're, you're you're just saying because my ancestors suffered, I yeah. need some I need to be repaid. Yeah, but well, so the, because the, then the other side of this, if we if we were to look at it from the other way, is to say, well, okay. Yes, maybe I'm better off than I would have been if my family had stayed in Africa. But I'm not as well off as I would have been if I was white. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I mean, we've, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. So we've there, there's that, all yeah. kinds of ways to parse this. And it, and it just it just gets back to the, the whole unscrambling of an egg thing. It's like it's so complicated. If you were to try to, if I do you a harm, if I wreck your car, burn down your house, something like that. We can calculate the harm, you know, and put a price tag on it. I, I don't know how you even conceptually put a price tag on on all this kind of thing and figure out who owes what and how much yeah. they owe. Yeah. And, and so, you know, in, in nearby Prince George's County, I think it was the, the, the wealthiest, I don't know, how, how, do you, how do you put it? They had the highest income Black population. Majority black population. Prince George's County is majority black. Yeah. And in the country. Yes. And so it, how would you make the argument to to them, you, well, I don't know. <laughs> are, it, uh, or are we you gonna, can't, no, no, no um, I guess the people who are, who are struggling going, I, who say, I can't make it. Because of the legacy of slavery, and then you know, you, I can't. I can't afford to live in some of those neighborhoods in Prince George's County. Right. Uh, well, they're doing okay. What, what, what do you mean? So you specifically are suffering in ways that other Black people, and certainly not recent immigrants, Caribbean in- immigrants, and, and African immigrants, who were doing quite well here. Uh, so you, and does everybody get paid? Yeah, I don't, same, I don't know how I don't know how you un, you calculate all that kind of stuff. And then even if you start to do that, if you start to say we're going to figure out, you know, who's owed what, where does it end? Why don't we also talk about like the Indians, the mistreatment of the Indians? Well, you could you could say mistreatment of any and all pre-Columbian peoples. Yes, have some claim to the who the Spanish, the Portuguese, the Dutch, the whoever else had, you know. Showed up and tried to find El Dorado. And... I, I, I have this book at home called From Troubled Times, and it's about my ancestors on my father's side and how they were persecuted in Switzerland. Okay. Okay. And, you know, they had religious persecution because they were Mennonites. And, the, like, okay, is somebody supposed to compensate me for that? <laughs> you yeah. know? I, like, I read this. These horrible things were done to these to my ancestors at this time. But, like, okay, am I supposed to go to Switzerland and say, you owe me some money for what you did to, to my ancestors Cause, however many generations right, ago? Right, because, yeah, because, yeah, I mean, you would have been, you, I, they, were, they were wealthy merchants, say. And you're like, I would have been the beneficiary of that continued family wealth had they not been persecuted. Yeah, they they were actually farmers, but they might have they, they would have done they would have had better farms. <laughs> you know, you can make a lot of money in farming if you do it right. Uh, how about how about my Don Lemon story? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so after 
the queen died. There we had the royal commentators mm -hmm. of the world, you mm -hmm. know, doing interviews. And, of course, Don Lemon immediately jumps in with the reparations argument. We mm -hmm. can't just let the woman... Right. Eh? Oh, maybe this would be a good time for uh, reparations for colonialism. Even this, listen to this, him talking. What are he saying? They're wondering, you know, like 100 billion, uh, 24 billion here, and 500 million there. What, what, are those legitimate concerns? So the royal commentator, she says, oh, you know, I think you're right about reparations in terms of, you know, if people want it, though, they, they need to, what they need to do is go back to the beginning of the supply chain. That was Africa, when across the world, when slavery was taking place, which was the first nation, which was the first nation in the world to abolish slavery. It started with William Wilberforce, and it was the British. In Great Britain, they abolished slavery. Two thousand naval men died on high seas to stop slavery. Why? Because the African kings were rounding up their own people. They had them in cages, waiting in beaches. No one was running to Africa to get them. She, she, he says, she says, you're totally right. If reparations need to be paid, we need to go back to the beginning of the supply chain. Who was rounding up their own people and having them handcuffed in cages and Dud Lemon flummoxed? Uh, it's an interesting discussion, Hillary. We'll continue discussion in the future. So I guess the, the application just, to the United States would be maybe, maybe descendants of slaves in the United States should be trying to get reparations from... Africa. The, 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 the descendants of the African of kings. Of the African kings who, who rounded them up and sold them to the slave traders who brought them over to I America. Mean, this, you know, you can see this how stop? this is just getting more and yeah. more where, where, complicated. Where, where does it stop? And there, there, there is this thing in the law called statute, a statute of limitations. Yeah. And part of the reason for that is as time goes on, things just get ridiculously complicated. And yeah. it's very hard to, you know, figure out what the harm actually was yeah. after more and more time goes right. by. Right, so let's just say my grandfather was swindled out of his farm by some unscrupulous banker, and I come up with some paperwork that seems to show, you know, that he was signing something he didn't know he was signing. Well, you know, the bank's not around. Or if the bank is around, then... It's a different uh, bank What, what do at you do? Point, yeah, yeah, somebody else has bought the bank, and... Mm -hmm. and uh, what are you going to Right, you're at that point, you're going, yeah, you're probably right, but uh, sorry, you know, we're not yeah. much we can do about this point. Right. So reparations for slavery are just so, there's such a tenuous connection between then and now that it would be impossible <laughs> to put a dollar value on it. It'd be impossible to figure out who should be paying whom, what everybody should get. But that doesn't necessarily mean the whole concept I know. of reparations for bad conduct yeah. are, are are wrong and, and i think we have an example of where um maybe maybe there are some situations where real reparations could be done for more recent problems that first or or, or, or last uh, we can do that now yeah yeah so okay i agree that so globally, black Americans are doing quite well. Mm -hmm. uh, there's there there is no place. It's funny that this this level of grievance has gotten to where it where it is when there right now there is no place where there is more justice and more opportunity 
for black people than in the United States of America in 2023. Right. And yet, for some reason, we've... We keep hearing that it's we, the it, worst. It's getting worse. It's yeah. getting worse and worse and worse. It's yeah. just... It's, it, it's, it's nonsense. But, yes, their numbers are not equal to other Americans. So, what is to be done? Right? How do you... The median income, however, however that works, depending on where you are, not in Prince George's County, but... Uh, uh, how about stop helping? How about how about stop invent, incentivizing failure? Stop paying people to not work. Stop encouraging single motherhood. Stop promoting victimhood. You see, black people are smart and capable, enterprising people. Stop telling them that, that they can't s- succeed without government programs from Democrats. It's patronizing. It's 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 the infantilization of black people. Yeah. So I have a book on my Kindle that I've read most of. It's called Please Stop Helping Us yeah. by Jason Riley. And the, the the reality is that a lot of the efforts to try to counteract racism have done more harm than they've than they've done good. Like the whole Great Society, Lyndon yeah. Johnson programs yeah. and all that sort of stuff. The whole they, welfare program. They really haven't helped. No. No. None of the you what did I it, it's been like forty years and four trillion dollars since the Great Society, and the percentage of black people in poverty is the same. And the income disparity is apparently worse. And, the, and Yes, and uh, fa- and families are ruined, right. and, uh, you know, and we've got drug problems we didn't have. And so I wonder, so this is all Democrat run. Yeah. This is all, this is Democratic compassion. Republicans are meanies because they don't think, don't think that these programs are helpful. Yeah. Uh, when you can see the direct link between suffering in black communities and Democrat policies, are they too dumb to know that the policies are hurting? Or is this just, are they cynically aware that our power comes from dependence? That us being able to tout the successes of people becoming independent and helping them become independent of the government, actually all that does is loosen our control over them. Yeah, I, th- I think is, is, it, is it thought through, or, or do they know what they're doing? I I think you know the more I observe politics, I think it all just comes down to what plays today right? with with the base. You know what what stupid thing can I say that's going to make people think that I'm a good guy and they should vote for me? Yes. And the whole so, question of whether it actually works or whether it's going to have good effects or anything else. That's not even in their minds. The only thing that's in their minds is, if I say this, will more people vote for me? Well, yes, but it's also, it's two things. It's, it's, it's the power, it's being seen to be doing good. Yeah. So knowing, even if you know that you're not doing good, if you're getting the credit yeah. for appearing to do good because I'm voting for this bill, but it's gone outside of, uh, of political power, Grievance has become an industry, and this industry must always find new injustice to support itself. So it's always going to tell you that things are worse than they, than they were, and and this psychologically plays on, you know, on on black people's belief in improving their own condition. So 
And they either they either do not want success because it works for them, or they just refuse to acknowledge any of the, su the success. But will it get any better? Will it stop? No way, because now we have these ever-expanding DEI industry that is just too lucrative. It's it's probably it's probably the largest growing uh, business right now. Yeah, if you want, if and it's you all grievance-based. If you want to make a lot of money, be a DEI consultant. But you know, the thing is, it's obvious that that uh, oppression and all those kind of things is on the decline because now they have to dig up microaggressions. We, you know, we don't have any macroaggressions. Anymore. Yeah, or, or we, yes. We, we have to find microaggressions so that we can justify the whole... Yes, yeah, Thomas Sowell says it's the economics of, uh, of racism. Yeah. Right? There's more demand than there is supply. Right. So you have to create new types, uh, uh, implicit bias... Uh, microaggressions. There's a, there's another new fangled word out there where you're being racist, even if you don't think you're being racist or know you're being racist. You are because we need racism. Yeah. Because racism is what fuels the industry. Yeah. And 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 hurts black people. Right. Well, let's get back to the question of of reparations and an example where reparations actually might be a good idea and and measurable right. and practical. So San Francisco is looking for it either trying to pay. Five million dollars, and San Francisco and California are competing with who can suggest the highest number in their little, uh, you know, whatever they call the exploratory groups, right? Mm -hmm. How this would work, and how, and where the money are. You know, five million is just the basement. No idea where the money's coming from. They, yeah, they don't know. No how idea how they get it. these numbers. No. But there is one place where they're actually writing checks. Okay, where's that? It's in Evansville, Indiana. Okay. The small town. You know our friend is from there. I do. Yes. Yeah. And I've actually been there. Mm -hmm. uh, they are writing $25,000 checks to people who have been wronged by the housing industry of Evansville in Evansville's past. Okay. Now this, this so, is Okay, now we're getting somewhere. They, they, have, they have a specific thing. They know that a specific program or policy or law or something in a specific time in history. Yeah, they're, they're right. There there were uh, uh, banking, there were districting issues, yeah. keeping black people from buying in certain areas, certain types of loans that they could and could right. not get. They couldn't, they're, 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 you know, the percentage on their loan was higher or they couldn't get a loan. Mm-hmm. Because they wanted to buy in a certain place, whatever. So, but but specific policies, yeah. specific times, and affecting specific people, who and can be identified today. Yes. Yes. And the money goes to something specific. Also, it goes to housing. Okay. So this is an example where you have a harm that can be measured against certain people, and you can identify those people, and yeah. you can say, okay, we should make up. That harm for these people. Yes. But, and that, I think, is, that's the right thing to do. But to me, this is not reparations. This is a class action Exactly. Suit. It's the same thing as if, like, okay, you know, GM was cheating me on putting the wrong tires on my car or <laughs> something like yeah. that. Yeah, there you go. Like, okay, so uh, did you live in, did, were you attempting to purchase a home between 1955 and 1978 in the Evansville area? Come see us. We may have some, exactly. you know, you may be due for some compensation. Yes. And and that is the right way to do this sort of thing. You have a clear harm for a clear group of people. <laughs> yeah. And then you come up with a appropriate compensation and you pay them that amount of money. Okay. I'm all for that. Yeah. 
If, if we could do that with slavery, you know, there might have been a time, there might have been a time when we could have done that with slavery. Maybe, you know, maybe, back in, maybe back in 1870, <laughs> yeah. you know, we, we could have said, okay, here's the appropriate amount to pay uh, slaves, right. former slaves. Right. Yeah. And also to, right, to give you a leg, because this, this is one thing. So what happened when, when they said at Appomattox, he signed the papers, mm-hmm. we lost, there are no, there, there, there are no slaves. What did they do? The people just go, uh, okay, I guess I'll go get a job. Or, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? In, yeah. in a way, I'm, did did some of them just stay right there and just say, I'd like to be paid instead? And they said, okay, here's a dollar. Uh, yeah. You're not a slave anymore. I, I don't know a whole lot about that. I don't that either, period, but, but it, the, just, just thinking about how I that know. would even How work. would it even work? Because Reconstruction? What, what because the, you had to re- redo the entire economy, the whole structure of the economy. Like what, you have these people who had been your slaves, and now, where where they where are they going to go? Right, and then you say, "Hey, get off my land." And they're like, "We don't have any place to where, go." Where do you really? want us to go? Yeah, I, they didn't all come north, right? Yeah. So, I don't really know. I don't either. Yeah, it's an interesting question, but the at least at that point in time, yes. something something tangible could have been done. These people were slaves. Let's you know give them some compensation. That could have been done today. It's just it's just silliness. We yeah, can't, it's, it's we can't it's the possibly. Unsc- it's, the, it's the unscrambled egg. It's the it's the statute of limitations. Um, yeah, but you can't undo all the all the horrors of the past. You can't go back and try to fix history. It just can't be done. It can't be done. Okay, I mean, we worked our way through this. I hope. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, I you know the on the one hand, obviously slavery was a huge evil, and you know, it would be lovely if we could somehow fix it. But I don't think this is the way to fix it. I think the way to fix it is to to move forward. All right. And, How about uh, uh, we, we we at least rescue the show with a little levity? Okay. Let's see uh, that. And where else are you going to go? Well, it's got to be the paper of record. But, uh, <laughs> it's the Babylon B. And when I punched in reparations just to get a to you know to get a funny article, mm-hmm. I got more than one. So uh, we'll just we'll just knock out some headlines here. Yeah. Colin Kaepernick sues adoptive parents for twenty one million dollars in reparations. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, everyone ordered to pay everyone reparations as every race owned every other race at some point. <laughs> yeah, true. Very true. Half black woman ordered to pay herself reparations. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got Democrats demand Republicans pay them reparations for freeing their slaves. <laughs> That's harsh. Okay. It's harsh. Uh, Men demand reparations from women due to Eve eating the apple. Well, I mean, if you're going to go back that, you know. If you're going to go, I mean, the, the person, there's no statute of limitations. That's, I know. You might as well go you back to the well beginning of time. You might as well go Although back to this, the Democrat Republicans, they also did one for uh, for Juneteenth. Yeah. Celebrating the day that Republicans freed the slaves of Democrats. <laughs> right. And which, you know that, actually, which actually is kind of true. Yeah. So that's the way it goes. Well, anyway. All so, right. Well, we... <laughs> we didn't solve anything we there. We didn't solve anything. But, but I think, you know, we discussed some general principles and how you, you just really, you can't unscramble the egg. Yes. That's the problem. Yes. It's not that the idea is stupid. It's just that it's it's impossibly it's cumbersome. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, so, it's so distant and it's impossibly cumbersome and there's no workable way to do it. So we've got to think of something else. Yes. Uh, and otherwise it's just going to, well, you know, it's, gonna, it's just going to be part of the grievance industry. Right. There's, there's a lot of... There we go. All right. Cheers. Cheers.
Crowhill here. Thanks so much for listening to Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crowhill. If you like the show, please tell a friend or share it in whatever way seems appropriate to you. We also have a website, beerandconversation.com. And if you'd like to send us an email, you can reach us at pigweedshow at gmail.com. Thanks so much. See you next time. Thank you.